0: Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Truth, a weekly inspired edutainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything, with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Yo folks, it's episode number five and this is Mario Evan, none other, and you're listening to Talk Truth. And today's episode, we're going to feature a medical doctor who goes by the name Dr. Johan White. And he's going to be talking with me today about sexual health. And we're going to keep it broad, but um, we're going to touch on a lot of really cool things. Um, Johan, welcome to Talk Truth.
1: Great. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Mario. Good to be here.
0: Tell me a little bit about your medical background. So you are a Jamaican. Where were you trained?
1: Right. Yes. I'm from Oterius, Um the real Oterius. not <laughs> the other country? <laughs> right. The third city. The third city. And I was trained at um, University of the West Indies, Mona Campus. I left there in two thousand seven and I went on to do postgrad studies in disorders of the Im- immune system overseas. And then I had the opportunity to come back here, mm-hmm. taught at UA for a little bit, and then I went back overseas to do a postdoc. So yes, there's something after doing your PhD. We call a postdoc. How long was the PhD? Uh, I did that for five years. Five and where was that? And that was in Japan. Wow. And I came back to Jamaica for a couple of years. That's Konichiwa, right? yeah konnichiwa it's afternoon yeah yes like about now (laughs) (laughs) all right that that Um,
0: must have been an experience that was and then you came back and uh, so wait and the postdoc was where
1: that was in maryland in the u.s silver spring so i was there for about three years and i came back in 2017 Mm -hmm. um to jamaica and i've been here since okay that's why i would never seen you around (laughs) even though
0: right and um you've done a lot more though. So you've been back in Jamaica, but not just functioning as a general practitioner, but you have mm-hmm. a company which goes by the name of?
1: It's Park Caribbean Consulting. We're a health and wellness company that focuses on applied research. So we do that on behalf of government ministries, departments, and agencies, as well as non-governmental organizations, especially in the field of sexual and reproductive health. Right. So that includes surveys that inform programs, prevention programs, evaluating programs, um, updating guidelines, treatment guidelines, and so And this so would be on.
0: for the Ministry of Health, as you say, for the government, right. ma- mainly. So
1: not not only the Ministry of Health, but other ministries are also... Um, um, Interested in having applied research. So applied research doesn't have to always be health. And even though we're mostly physicians, some of these principles can be applied to other ministries. So we've had other ministries. uh, We've worked with other ministries as well.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. All right. A little later, we'll talk about how people people can find you in that capacity. Well, today I wanted to talk with you about sexual health. And I guess in the world of immunology, a lot of the viruses, bacteria, Mm -hmm. and organisms that really cause hell in people's lives <laughs> come across your path, right? And um where would you say Jamaica is with regard to positive sexual health practices and and in terms of testing and mm-hmm. stuff like that?
1: You know that's an interesting question because we as a as a culture that's very um has a very bravado kind of a masculine Feel to it, or, or belief, or surface, at least superficially. Right. We um, have certain things that we say that men shouldn't do and men do, and women shouldn't do and women do, etc. But the way I like to view sexual health anywhere is that everybody is doing everything with everybody. Right. 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 So right. there's so an open no playing field. <laughs> in you a, well, in a way, way yeah, yes, right. it is. It is. Um, there's no. um specific box that anybody fits into perfectly, uh, so everybody's really doing everything with everybody. That's my assumption all the time, and you can't even if people tell you that they're doing you know, they're eggs, only doing they might be doing things, y and Z. right they they probably are exploring or have explored or may be interested in exploring so i I usually approach it with a a very open minded kind of a, of approach and you know try to make people comfortable and feel okay in wanting to disclose you know various aspects of of their lives and sexual behavior so it's 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 just assume that everybody's doing everything with everybody um which i
0: think is a great approach from (coughs) being the physician Mm -hmm. um but with that said there are at risk groups though Mm -hmm. that are at greater risk of stuff you Mm -hmm. would say that's fair
1: um yes from a public health perspective but really one has to be careful because everybody's at risk. And right. if we assume that people are in these specific boxes, um we can miss the opportunities to prevent um um ill health, right? Right. So but but yes, from the statistical point of view, there are some groups that may be at increased risk for poor health outcomes. And Is it, it
0: based on your sexual practices and choices?
1: N- usually not because generally there's this approach we call minority health where um, there, there may be some physical aspects that biologically make it easier for you to increase the opportunities or chances of you getting, let's say, a, a sexually transmitted infection or right. STI. But a lot of the pressure and risk comes from how your general society treats you. Exactly. So we call it marginalization. So those social aspects drive people away from information that could be useful to protect themselves and also to access tools and measures and things that they could use to protect themselves. Just because you're afraid... That if you go to a health center, a doctor or a nurse or the security main, right, mm-hmm. look at you at a certain way or, or run you out of the health center, which has, has happened. Or you're going to feel ashamed to mention something to a doctor just because of how your society is the things that you hear in the music around you the things that they say in church or in school or your family is saying so it makes you feel very cornered and um
0: i like how you're naturally segueing into where i want you to go (laughs) but it also makes me um want to ask about wow i just blanked all right no all right so keep on that track Mm -hmm. culture so Pretty much, oh, I was going to say the size of the country, given mm-hmm. that the population mm-hmm. is very small too. Mm-hmm. How do you think that also affects mm-hmm. the willingness of people to share?
1: Yes, for sure. We do have a. the circles are small. It is. We have a small island syndrome right. kind of a thing. And, and you see that exaggerated when you go to other Caribbean islands. So their island's actually smaller, smaller than, than, than Jamaica. Jamaica, right? But yes, everybody knows everybody here. And what you will find, some people adapt by. Trying to seek um, sexual health services by going somewhere else, right. far away from their right. community. Right. So that is a primary way that people um, try to make themselves comfortable to to get access to to certain health services or information that that they require. But um, it is a small country, and you have relatives everywhere. Somebody <laughs> you may know, be your cousin. You know. And, Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I agree. I was going to say, you're
0: spawning that when I'm being tested Mm for STIs, because I get tested Mm -hmm. because you should. Right. I never thought about the people at the lab who are <laughs> processing <laughs> the, the results. Exactly. There are people who I know who will see my name, recognize them, exactly. be like, yo. Exactly. Mario may have some.
1: <laughs> and you can imagine what, what patients go through. Because right. um, the people who, if you go to a health facility that's in your community, more than right. likely the staff are going to be from community your community. Or relatives, or otherwise. That's you know, nerve wracking for, for some people.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. You remember anything growing up as a child um, in terms of Jamaican sexual myths and uh, that may affect um healthy behavior? I mean, I know one about the, the, the virgins
1: having sex with a mm-hmm. virgin will cure you. You know, interestingly, that one I learned as an adult that R- people were actually, actually subscribed that. to that kind of a, a belief mm-hmm. um, in terms of grown adults, men especially, who may have an STI and they want to be cured naturally. There's well, absolute myth that if they have sex with a virgin, that it, would cure then it. that it will cure it. And unfortunately, that has also now gone over into preteens and adults where, you know, there is abuse of our children because of, of that belief. Absolutely. And of course, there's no merit to it at all.
0: When I was in medical school, we did a community health project where we mm-hmm. looked Went to a few high schools to try and figure out the age of initiation of sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. It was very revealing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we found that I think the boys were actually a little bit earlier than mm-hmm. the girls, and we mm-hmm. were functioning in like a 9 to right. 13 ballpark. Yes. And it was scary. Yeah. And this was across each school, I and mean, it was a small sample.
1: Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wow. Yes, it's not surprising at all. Women that, were
0: initiating young boys too.
1: That that does happen. That does happen. Um, In our culture, sexual initiation is viewed as a rite of passage into manhood for for our boys Mm -hmm. and it is um, reinforced in popular culture so in the music that we hear in how people talk around us the bar talk the way grown men talk what is expected of you as a boy or as a man and if you don't subscribe to those beliefs then you are marginalized. Yeah. You are viewed as less than a man or not being a man or, you know, your sexuality is called into question. Exactly, And so people feel, boys feel compelled because you want to fit in. Of course. As of an course. adolescent, your primary concern is to fit in with your peers.
0: Especially when you don't have
1: anywhere to yes, go. Yes, it's more important than food and water to, to, to these and kids to fit in. And then later on if they in. don't have a youth,
0: but that's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. another podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right.
1: So they, they do in... in, in have to endure a lot of pressure from grown men, grown adults, from popular culture, from their peers to try to fit in. And this is what's driving that um, early sexual initiation. Women or girls are viewed a little bit differently, right. in that they are, um, what they get hammered into their heads is that you need to preserve your um, virginity for as long as you can because that is how you value yourself in in, in this society. Right. And um, so you will find that their age of sexual initiation is... Usually a little bit older than 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 the boys, and then there
0: may be some outliers who mm-hmm. may be taught to mm-hmm. use your sexuality to to protect and guide them through mm-hmm. life. Like this is your this is your tool to to get right. the things. Yes, you put
1: it very diplomatically. You like <laughs> outliers, <laughs> I call them. Um, but I'm sure they but exist yes, as well. Right? Yes, yes, that is true.
0: All right, Johan, let's talk a little bit about the medicine. And you know, we doctors like to categorize things. So let's talk mm-hmm. about some common STIs. But let's go curable and uncurable. This is my categorization because mm-hmm. I think. That's probably where most people worry the most. Like mm-hmm. if I can live with it forever, or mm-hmm. um, I can get rid of it. And right. I know two common non curable ones right mm-hmm. now are HIV mm-hmm. and herpes. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you can add anything else that pops to mind, but those are two that stand sure. out. In a way, I almost feel you may agree or you may disagree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes herpes is almost more annoying. Mm-hmm. To people because they don't know when it's going to appear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have to prepare for a flare right. by getting medication mm-hmm. ready. You know they have to look out for the signs that it may come up. Right, and then when it's up, they can't do anything. Right,
1: and it, it's a good place to start because herpes simplex virus there's simp- there's several types. That's one right. and two are the, the primary ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very common. And so one is one night fever. Yes, one in four persons has herpes.
0: Sim- in general. Yes, so two, every one or two. Co- combined, all of them.
1: Yes, one out one every four persons that you walk our, has past herpes. has has okay, one of on. those herpes um, viruses. They didn't and know that until now, some right? Of them. And commonly we see it on the lip, right? right. But it can be anywhere. And uh, in general, we say that the one above the waist is herpes one, and the one below the waist is herpes two. Here but comes the nowadays, you know, people are turning in different positions, and it's very easy to have a two on the lips. And vice versa. So, <laughs> so, so all those people
0: who thought your night fever has to be up at the top, right. you can get two up at the top and get yes. one down at the so bottom, so, right?
1: you know, there's really, you know, for practical purposes, there's no real distinction why right. it's one or two. But it is a persistent viral infection, so there's no cure for herpes. Right. However, depending on your immune system or the condition of your immune system, you may be prone to having symptoms more than another individual, and there, maybe majority of persons will have no symptoms at all, um, and to the extreme, some persons may have outbreaks frequently, like every month, etc. And it it's it's driven by um, stress, um, whether physical stress or psychological stress. Anything that can um, cause your immune system to function less than optimal, it right. gives an opportunity for that virus to. Um, reemerge because
0: They call it dormant. It's in the nerve, in the ganglion. Um, in the nerves. Mm. Yes,
1: yes. Persistent viral infections. It is one of those. But there's treatment that is available. That And, and what we advise patients to do and patients will pick it up themselves mm. that when you feel a certain way like a little groggy or a headache or you feel a tingling like on a your tingling, lip right. or a little itchy then starting the medication at that time, whether it's a tablet or a cream it will um, decrease how long you will have that, s- that symptom or right. that obvious sore or whatever. You mean it can cut <coughs> seven
0: days, 12, five days? Yes,
1: and it can prevent it in some instances from mm. coming up at all. But it also, there's some studies that, that demonstrate that um, treating it or being on um, medications... For herpes, for a long period of time, can also decrease your chances of passing it on to somebody else. Exactly, suppression
0: um, in, in a sense, yeah. Say again, suppression. Yes, in a sense, yeah. yes.
1: So you know, it's it's a a little bit of a gray area, but in general, having it treated um, decreases the risk of passing it on to somebody else. So herpes is one of those that is not curable, but it is treatable. And it's very, very common. Very common.
0: Let's move to HIV, which mm. most people are very focused on. Right. And um, in most countries, it is mm-hmm. something that people focus on. Um, right. Tell me about HIV in Jamaica. Um, um, and you d- we don't have to go hardcore statistics, yes. but what's happening now with HIV?
1: Right. I talk about HIV almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it is common. Um, about nearly two out of every 100 persons in Jamaica... Has HIV. That's a, that's a lot. Yes, yeah. it's one point something percent. So nearly two out of every one hundred persons. So it's 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 a high burden here, and Jamaica or the Caribbean is second to only the places that we see on TV in Africa, where uh, we have a raging um, epidemic. So it's quite common. It is a sexually transmitted um, infection primarily. So you you get it by through sexual intercourse, but there are other ways: blood transfusion. Needle stick injuries, Needle sticks, possibly. Um, yeah. um, um, y- those are the main ways, the but main sexual ways, transmission right. for sure is one of those ways. There's no cure currently right. um, for HIV, but there's a lot of work and research and a lot of hope um, towards finding something that can perhaps eliminate this condition. However, it is treatable. It is treatable. There are anti-HIV medications that are very effective and very and, affordable now. Yes, in fact, our patients in Jamaica do not pay directly for for those medications. that are covered by the government or donors to make it accessible. I
0: mean, a, a drug serve, I've I've written prescriptions where mm-hmm. I see patients will have two of their antiretrovirals mm-hmm. and they pay like two hundred dollars, like heavily yes. subsidized. Right. So that t- that two hundred dollars for thirty dollars days, like hundred dollars for thirty that, days. Yeah. That
1: is just uh, uh and access fee or admin fee right and i think there's also a psychological component to it because people may not value things that are absolutely free to them so even if you charge them a dollar they may value and appreciate it more so there could also be a psychological there is a psychological component to it as well but fortunately these medications are accessible and if taken as prescribed every day for the rest of your life so it's a lifelong treatment you live normally like anybody else you can have children you can have sex right you can have a life you can have a family you can live until you're old until something else um natural causes um you know call you home let's <laughs> so talk about
0: i'm taking you into pep and prep right all right so pep, <laughs> PEP is post exposure prophylaxis like mm-hmm. if me as a doctor get stuck by a needle mm-hmm that was used on a patient with right. HIV, and I could potentially be at risk of contracting right. it. Mm-hmm. I then go on a course of medication. Right. Tell me about this. Yes. Uh, or so if you had sex, right? Mm-hmm. It could be sexual contact as well.
1: Right. So, and it, you know, unfortunately, it's not widely known by the general population that this is an option that is available that you are entitled to. Right. In that, we experience condom slippage, condom breakage. Many people can tell you that during sexual intercourse, the condom, they it, realize that break, they're doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And after climax or ejaculation, you're looking for the condom and the condom is Gone. somewhere. Mm-hmm. It can break. Mm-hmm. Some people are very well endowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the condom doesn't fit <laughs> or properly. Or use two
0: condoms, which is not something people right, should do. Right, two condoms double should up. not be used yeah. because
1: they rub against each other and they break. And mm-hmm. some patients, some individuals use... um. Oils that can break the condom, Baby right? oil and all sorts of other things exactly. that are not friendly to condoms. I've heard about, you know, car grease and all those oh, things. Gosh. You catch, <laughs> catch what you can to use. <laughs> but it's, it's very dangerous because it, it breaks the condom. It ruptures the condom. And people do experience this. And instead of staying in a corner at home, hanging down your head in shame, nervous, not knowing what to do. Oh, my gosh, I might have just exposed myself you to You had HIV. a 72-hour window where yes, you could have you, gotten help. Right. <laughs> you have a one- or two-day window in which you can talk with a doctor, usually in an emergency room setting, to say, Hey, I was having sex. The condom broke. I don't know the other person's HIV status or the other person may be HIV positive what does this mean for me? Right. If you're given anti-HIV medications within that one or two-day window period... Because it's more effective in the first yes, two days. it then. significantly reduces the risk of your becoming HIV positive. Mm-hmm. But people don't know this. Yeah, People don't know this. Whereas in the medical um, fraternity, it's something that we do right. because we're exposed to blood. Something can splash in your eyes. Um, you can get stuck by a needle or um, a piece, you know, a device, equipment that has been used on a patient whose status. But the beauty of
0: it is that the beauty of it is that you may have prevent you may prevent yourself from getting mm-hmm. HIV. But the risk benefit is that you may take this drug for thirty days and have some side effects. Mm-hmm. But that's thirty days versus a lifetime, right?
1: Yes, but it's it's quite effective, and I think if people knew about it more widely, then we would have been able to prevent a lot quite of the quite the a few yeah. infections mm-hmm. because the cost to society and to the individual for it's treating a person for life mm-hmm. is is much more mm-hmm. one of the instances that I'd like to point out in which, especially, I'd advise persons to go to an emergency room is sexual assault or rape yes. or sexual yes. violence. Even if you are in a home where there is abuse or you had an encounter um, that was not appropriate, that was not you didn't agree to, um, you don't need to hide in shame. You really ought to go to an emergency room and explain what has happened to you and there are certain things that an emergency room physician can
0: do do. to protect you and should 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 do,
1: right? Yes. And um, it's it's very important because it, it can change your life. I'm glad you made it that point. It can change your I life. Glad
0: you made that point. And let's go over to the other one, mm-hmm. which is prep. And right. what I do know about prep is that a lot of people associate it with the homosexual community. They mm-hmm. assume it is, but I, and I know it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, define prep for me and tell me if it's mm-hmm. available in Jamaica. and How does it work?
1: Right, prep is a use of anti-HIV medications in someone who does not have HIV. So you don't have the virus, but you want to use the medication because if it's in the body already, should you come in contact or be exposed to HIV, HIV will not take hold on the body; It will not establish an it's infection. Like you have an onboard right, security guard, right? Right. You mm-hmm. won't. You won't get it. However, it's it's very important that you are tested because what we use to prevent HIV infection, a negative person is. Only, let's say half of the medication that is used to treat HIV, and you don't want to give a sub, sub an inappropriate a dose, yeah. dose to somebody because that will prove problem problematic um, later on. So the the good thing about prep or pre exposure prophylaxis or using anti HIV medications in negative person, especially those at high risk, is is that we it would be provided as a part of a combined package. So it's not just PrEP, the anti-HIV medications, because it has no effect against other sexually transmitted infections. It doesn't protect you against gonorrhea. It doesn't protect you against syphilis. So So it's important to to use the condom, which is effective against those things. Also, it doesn't prevent pregnancy. And so it's important to remind patients or individuals um, that they need to also use um, those other protective measures. It is not yet... Um, available. available per se in in Jamaica, um, but there are efforts to 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 bring that possibly on stream as a part of preventing infections among um, populations that are at extremely or relatively higher risk of But it has been proven to
0: protect everyone, right? So it can benefit anybody. It has, it has.
1: Um, I mean the first no well, I knew about prep before but working in the US I would go to a clinic for my checkup or whatever and I ain't asked no question about no prep, but it is offered to me as standard of care. As right? in, in
0: your counseling, it comes up. Right, right as a minority.
1: Right. Because the, the, the demographic in the U.S. that has the highest burden of HIV infections are black and Latino individuals. Right. So based on my profile, my ethnicity... It would be offered. It, it was a flag automatically that <laughs> this flag. should be um, offered to me. Interesting. So in Jamaica, our demographics are a little bit different in that individuals who are same-sex loving or same-sex experienced... Um, primarily men um, are at a relatively higher risk of um, being exposed to and contracting HIV and other STIs and so that would probably be a priority group as well as individuals who are sexual partners of individuals living with HIV because you do have couples married couples or girlfriend boyfriend or common law um, relationships in which One individual is living with HIV and and they're living healthy, but the other person isn't. And you can have instances of condom breakage and you can have condom slippage or the person just wants to have an additional layer of protection. Even though we know scientifically now that if a person is taking their medications, living with HIV and you're taking your medications properly every day on time, around the same time every day for life, and it suppresses or they should stops...
0: should be so, so suppressed that they right. should not be spreading Right. It virus. stops
1: HIV from multiplying in the body. So there's no HIV available for transmission or being right. passed so on. That's even
0: added. So com- one compliant partner who is positive mm. and then the negative partner on PrEP right. should right. keep them pretty safe. Right.
1: So, you know, these are things that we're discussing um, in Jamaica, but it is not yet implemented or available as a prevention strategy. There are many factors that a country or a program has to take into consideration including cost including whether people are interested in it yeah. whether people are be concerned right about mm-hmm. the side effects cuz you know you can introduce prep to somebody but they may be concerned about you know any side effects from the medications right
0: right um all right well i was going to ask you one quick question about the flagging in the us of mm-hmm. the minorities is that mm-hmm. tied to a cultural thing it com- does that come back to culture again black and latino minorities mm-hmm. Behavior patterns.
1: It's many things. It is complex. It is human behavior. But... Why not Caucasian? (laughs) From a a public health standpoint, when they have the numbers in front of them and you look and you see where is the highest burden of HIV infections, it is those persons who are marginalized. And remember that marginalization is driven by negative social attitudes so these minorities endure discrimination you tend to have lower paying jobs you you? are working three jobs just to survive it's multi-layered it's complex definitely
0: all right let's just quickly touch on the curable ones um Mm -hmm. gonorrhea yes um usually men you get a nasty yellow milky copious Mm -hmm. discharge not fun right Uh, but women could be asymptomatic.
1: Right. Men can be asymptomatic too. Men can be too. Asymptomatic too. And in fact, I would say most people with an STI have no symptoms. Yeah, generally. So mm-hmm. we, I think it's important not to just wait on symptoms, but we may have to um, have a broader conversation with, with patients or individuals to see their exposure, possibly exposure. Are you having unprotected sexual intercourse with right. many partners? That is a risk factor I would definitely Screen a little bit more closely for so those individuals. So your testing
0: pattern should be linked to your risk, yes, and your be- yes, your behavior yes, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but gonorrhea is definitely one of those that can be without symptoms, and you can pass it on even if you don't have any symptoms. And what persons may have happen is that there are complications later on in life, like it affects your fertility. So because it the inflammation from that. Um, blocks the tubes if left untreated right yeah. and you know it causes a lot of problems later on but it is readily treatable yeah now even though there are multi-drug resistant yes, strains concerns emerging about resistance, right? but, but in general it, it is, is treatable with a simple injection or tablets um and you know if if somebody thinks that they may be at risk um you know talk with your healthcare provider you can have a test even if you don't have any symptoms
0: all right, I, I'm not going to do all the all the mm-hmm. diseases because this is not a medical class.
1: Right. But I know <laughs> Johan can definitely
0: <laughs> tell us about them. But other things that are treatable and curable mm-hmm. include syphilis, syphilis gonorrhea, sure. um,. What else? Anything pops um, up to mind? They're, there they're, are a lot of them. Yes. So yeah, we can you can go deep. So we won't go too deep. Chlamydia. Chlamydia, right. There are,
1: there's quite a few. And there's some long names, lympho lymphogranuloma, venereum, Ooh, Right. lots on. of exotic disease. It's a whole ecosystem. Um, but they're treatable. And um a part of treatment is being able to have a conversation with your provider about, you know, the possibilities of being having been exposed through your your sexual encounters or sexual behaviors and being able to access um, testing and sometimes we treat if we believe that you may have symptoms related to one of them we will tend to treat for but all the, uh, right, because the they do travel in groups they hang out in a little crew. yes that's a good way to put yeah. it they hang out <laughs> in a little crew because it's the same mechanism that by, by which they're spread.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about maybe to the average person what may be the weird and uncommon. And I this, this is going to come back to what you just said about being mm-hmm. able to have open conversations with mm-hmm. your doctor. Um, even me as a doctor, I, I encountered a case where someone had rectal gonorrhea mm-hmm. and they had no symptoms. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, they... Infected someone else So Mm -hmm. this would apply to anyone Having unprotected anal sex Right Mm -hmm. So we won't just make it sound Like it's a homosexual thing Mm -hmm. Could be anybody Right The truth is that The typical test for gonorrhea Is a urine test A PCR Mm -hmm. test Mm -hmm. Which is sent to the lab Mm -hmm. But who is doing A rectal swab these days Are people Mm -hmm. Do do people even know That they should probably Do this in an at-risk person
1: Yeah And you know The testing the urine Is one way of testing But there are several other ways of of looking, and you can touch um, the
0: pharynx too. That's another thing, pharyngeal gonorrhea. Yeah,
1: um, but it it as we've we've said earlier, it's possible to have these infections and not have any symptoms. And not having symptoms during that period, you can still pass it on to another individual. Um, so uh, that brings up a point for me that if you as physicians, if we encounter somebody with a se- sexually transmitted infection, in addition to treating for all the other ones that could be a part of the crew or the gang, <laughs> we it is important to treat the partner. Yes, because the the person coming to you will be cured, but then they're going back to have sexual intercourse with the person who from whom they contracted it, and then they keep on passing it back and Re-infection, forth. Right, right. So it's really important to counsel the individual in front of you to encourage another person to go and access treatment. They can come to you or they could go to their regular physician, but it's important even if they have no symptoms right? Um, to, to seek treatment.
0: I actually really admire couples who come in together mm-hmm. to, this, to have the discussions. It's a little nerve-wracking for me sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I separate them yes. before I bring them yes. together because usually sometimes there's a sub-story. Yes. So the man having a woman, but he has a side woman. Yes. And that's the reason why this exactly. is going on. So he's bringing it in from outside. Right. And that's not going to happen with the two of them mm-hmm. sitting down in the same space. Yes. So that can be a little dicey. Yeah. But for yes, me as a doctor, tricky. I separate them, then I bring them together. And I remain confidential and then I see what happens when they're together <laughs> and we just do what we need to do and yes, treat. It, but it can make very interesting um,
1: <laughs> encounters
0: <laughs> indeed. Because so we don't want to fight in my office. <laughs> All right. A random one for you, Johan. Can, do you think someone can catch an STI from a sex toy? And let me be specific. Let's talk about a woman using a dildo. All right. Maybe two women and a dildo. So maybe <laughs> one woman has a discharge. She's used the, the dildo. And then now the other woman is about to
1: use the dildo. Right.
0: So we're talking quick movement from one, one vagina to the next.
1: <laughs> um, yes, it is possible to pass on um, any f- sort of infection in, in that way. Um, you know, toy hygiene is highly <laughs> encouraged. Toy <Sorry>. hygiene. <laughs> is this a thing? Should I Google uh, this? Well, I don't know what else to say. I like uh, you're, you're it's <laughs> hygiene. It's a toy. It's so brilliant. keeping your toys clean. clean. Yeah. Um, you know, soap and water, appropriate disinfectants, etc. Um, but if you're going to share toys, of course, any even fingers, you don't need toys because right. if you use your fingers you to fingers f- finger, to whatever an orifice and then introduce it into another orifice, you are you know technically make, moving yes.
0: things from one space to the next. Indeed,
1: and remember, there may not be a discharge; you, you could be asymptomatic and still be um spreading
0: things. you know after this episode of talk truth no one is having sex again right <laughs> <laughs> but um but what about the you know like that like a principle with food you know like the five second rule right this doesn't bad analogy um <laughs> most bacterial viruses will mm-hmm. die outside of a mucus a mucus membrane so mm-hmm. so i said quick transmission right. flip side toy goes in toy comes out toys out for 15 minutes mm-hmm. You think everything would have been dead upon no, time?
1: Right? You know, these pathogens nowadays with climate change and all. Oh, that's, wow. an that's an exaggeration. But, yeah. you know, 15 minutes is not, is, really long. is not really long. And I, I because you could leave something there, there's probably some membrane on it that's protecting Protecting the virus little. or it's moist or something right. that allows it to stay. Exactly. So, and even mm. basic hygiene. I mean. Because people catch colon flu from doorknob, right? Fomites. <laughs> And other things from doorknobs too. Oh so gosh, you yes, I know. I, <laughs> people are advent adventurous.
0: Yeah. Oh well, wow. all right. I really love the direction this has been going. <laughs> um, as we come close to wrapping up, I want us to talk about um something more social. I mean, in terms of you may have given me an STI, is a conversation that I want to briefly touch. Mm-hmm. And with the advent of Tinder apps Instagram grinder however people meet each other on mm-hmm. the networks and hook up mm-hmm. you may have a sexual encounter with a stranger mm-hmm. or a regular partner mm-hmm there's so many layers to it though how do you broach the conversation with a stranger you know yeah do you even talk to them or you just go and go for your prep for no, your pep
1: I, I think you just you just say it you just do it like nike says just do it what just if I bring up have
0: the their conversation
1: well first of all it's really important to encourage individuals to take responsibility for their sexual health and well-being yeah so have a relation have uh uh Communication with your healthcare provider. S- you know, healthcare providers, are, I think nowadays, are very accessible. Um, you can check in with them, do your regular checkup once or twice a year, um, keep yourself informed about various STIs and symptoms and what you can do to protect yourself. So, individual responsibility is very important. I love that. And the more empowered you are and the more informed you are, then, the better you are able to have a conversation and to also empower somebody else, because if you're getting some good sex and you like it, you're probably going to want to go back to that person, <laughs> so you want to make sure that they're healthy too exactly so raise the conversation you know um, and sometimes we're tempted to 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 do things that we know is not really ideal. And so you have to bring up that conversation that says, you know, I got tested last week, how are things for you when last you got tested? Right. You have to find a way to, yes. to introduce you it just without even say being it. Offensive. close your eyes and yeah. put and down and your face in the pillow up, say and it, say it. work, yeah. Yes. But
0: what you say do I love? And that is you may not be able to control what the other person mm. is doing, how they may respond, but you exactly. have your own personal responsibility. Mm. All right. And um in terms of frequency of testing, mm-hmm. how often should people test? And I know this might be tied to the window period. Right. If HIV right
1: um hmm. it de- it depends but if you can get a test at least twice a year every but i would months, say yeah. if you're having more sex and um you're in some groups that are higher risk than you know every four mo- you know three or four times for the year it's it's nice to to do that why frequent testing is also important is that you can have what we call a window period yes. in which some of the tests are not testing for the germ itself. They're testing for how your body is producing antibodies to it, right. which takes time. Right. It can take up to three or more months for your body to produce those antibodies. So if you're testing for antibodies, you can miss it if you got the infection today or yesterday. However, we have newer tests that can also test for the germ directly. Which is more accurate right. and so faster. In yeah. some instances, we can pick up an HIV positive case, for example, within like two weeks of exposure, right. depending on the test that you're using, we call them fourth generation tests, etc. Um, But, you know, still being mindful that tests can also be faulty. Yeah. You can make a mistake. False um, negatives, um, false, false negatives. positives. So it's, it's about, and you know, it's a very important thing that you're asking, you know, Mario, because somebody can also do a test and it's negative this year and they never test again. Right. I was negative in two thousand and nine. I'm a good for life, right. and they feel that now it gives you license and that to do. Could anything. have been a false negative. Could have been a so false you were negative. So you're actually positive, right? But as long as you're having sex, you are at risk, and it's really important to be in the habit of keeping yourself healthy, checking, getting yourself checked out, and if there are any STIs that are curable, treatable, have those the treated idea. because yeah. having another STI increases the risk of, of getting, getting HIV and so on. Um, so it's, it's about being proactive and being a habitual tester and not just doing a one-off thing. And the other thing that some persons do is that they're in a relationship um, whether heterosexual or non-heterosexual couples, the other person tested and they're fine. You don't test, you assume Assume that you're fine because the other person is fine. But the thing with the HIV virus, for example, is that not every encounter or exposure results in a, it being passed on. Right, Sometimes right, right. It, it just doesn't get passed on. Otherwise, we would have a worse situation. So you just got, you got lucky, right? So you don't right. always have to contract it based right. on the so mechanics, yeah. Just because your partner's test is negative doesn't mean that you're negative. So everybody really ought to go in and get their own testing and counseling and keep themselves informed.
0: My last question on the window period. Sure. Um, when I was in mid school I remember it being a hard six months. I know mm-hmm. that people say three to six months mm-hmm. and from what I gather from that that your test may become positive in mm-hmm. three months. Mm-hmm. By six months if it's not
1: positive mm-hmm. you should be negative. How do you feel
0: about the three month mark? Should it really be a hard six months?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know in a way it kind of doesn't matter because if you get tested every other month um, that's also good to their testing is widely available right, now
0: assuming that you're not having any other mm. intercourse from that from uh, that, that one is right it. so that's it so let's say we that had one un- un- unprotected encounter mm-hmm. and i haven't had any more sex i'm waiting to test again mm-hmm. I'm paranoid and mm-hmm. i'm dying
1: right the um, 3 month mark is it 3 months is it is, is, is a good little measure within it's 3 months measure. most people would have mounted antibodies right. that would be picked up by by the test and most testers testing facilities now have the fourth generation that tests directly for the germ so you Definitely be there so three. by three months, uh-huh. you will be definite, more than likely right. um, be able to, sure, to pick up the result. germs.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, what can we do moving forward, you think? What are some of the steps that we should take? And I'm sure this is what you do every day, some right. of the programs you develop. I think it's, it's
1: really important to not assume that people subscribe or fit necessarily into these, um, these cultural statements and boxes that uh-huh. we say, men do this, women do this just just assume that everybody is doing everything with everybody. And right? doing,
0: yeah, and doing everything because I remember <laughs> when I was dating a girl and her, I remember one of her friends or siblings were pretty much telling me about habits of mm. teens in her age group. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked because mm. she was telling me that they're doing this and that. Mm. I'm like, are you? Yes. And this is in a context of boy and girl. And I was like, really? Yes. Boys are doing that? With yes. So everybody is doing everything. Everybody is doing and everything. Tried, and I think pornography doesn't help that either because I think the porn industry <laughs> is like your Almost like a little tutor. So people see things in pornography and mm-hmm. wish to go and take it home and try.
1: That, but I've heard people say nowadays that porn is boring. So they are trying so. new things. <laughs> they're tackling, so, they're challenging know, the porn. People are getting adventurous. Um so people are doing everything and it's important to not as a physician to leave the conversation very open. Yeah, Don't right. ask somebody about their girlfriend or their boyfriend, because you can't assume asking about their partner. Ask them. You and know, we have
0: to be sensitive to that. Can I say reality, definitely, I mean? Reality because I mean. you, you, you don't want
1: know. you want to contribute to somebody keeping themselves healthy and being able to come back to you if they if they have a question. And at the end of the concern. day, keeping
0: people healthy and safe is definitely, our is our is our aim, right? Definitely. Johan, this has been such an amazing <laughs> pleasure, trust me. I feel like I'll definitely have you back and um Thank I want you, you to please plug your practice because I want people to know where they can find you if they want to seek help from you in this space or any other
1: GP space. Indeed Um, I am located at number one Phoenix Avenue so there are other facilities on that street but always remember we're number one I say (laughs) to people (laughs) we're number one so come to number one one. but I'm always happy to to receive individuals who are um, desirous of obtaining care. When are you opening hours? Uh We're there every day You can call us 754-1381 mm-hmm. And we're very flexible So if we know people Have to go to work And they call our staff And tell us They're going to come in At 7 tomorrow We'll be there To do something with you Before Just you make it. Is by appointment mainly. Only yes. Right now Not only But, but mainly we, we accommodate those persons Who are extremely busy um, we do a lot of work with, with corporate, with right. companies, and so we their understand their schedules. And sometimes we even go to, to corporate companies to, to set up there and help their staff who are too busy to to make it to, to the office.
0: And the company name is Paracaribe Wellness? Yes, pa-
1: Paracaribe Consulting, Consulting or Paracaribe Medical Doctors. We're on Phoenix Avenue, Kingston. Social media? At Caribe Wellness. And so we're on Twitter. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And that's our name across all the platforms at Karibe Wellness.
0: Johan, again, it was a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking the truth. Thank you. Happy to be here. Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number five. And I hope you really learned a lot from this episode. And sexual health is very important. So us here at Team Talk Truth encourage you to go out and get tested. Don't be afraid. There are tons of resources out there from even a Karibe wellness to uh, dr mario guthrie to your own health center in your community the hospitals tons of resources exist for you to know what's happening with your health so definitely go and find someone if you have any questions about your sexual health also of course if you liked our episode please follow us on twitter at talk truth and follow me on instagram at mario evan and please retweet share post follow Do everything that you can do to make this podcast be heard by more people. When you're sharing, use the hashtags TalkTruthJA or MeTalkTruth, not or, and MeTalkTruth. And we appreciate iTunes reviews. So go into iTunes and not only give us a text comment rating, but a star rating. And we'd be glad to read your comments on one of our future episodes. Boy, this is always such an amazing pleasure Remember to go into the show notes for more details. You can find more information on Caribe Wellness and you can also find the bullet points for the entire show, links to the website for Talk Truth. Everything you need is right in the show notes. So go to the website talktruthja.com and you'll find everything that you need. I am Mario Evan and you are listening to Talk Truth a place where your truth shall become your power and set you free until next Sunday guys stay safe blessed love